Well, good morning. Great to see everyone here today as we continue our sermon series called Looking for Life. Because the truth is, we're all looking for life. We're looking for meaning. We're looking for significance. We want to enjoy our life. And uh, we're studying the book of Ecclesiastes. And we're really seeing an autobiography from Pastor Solomon. uh, And uh, he's sharing with us that he tried everything. I mean, he was a guy that had the money, the fame. He had the energy. He had the wisdom uh, to try anything and everything to find joy and meaning in life. And, and what he's teaching us through this book is that he tried it all. And last week we learned that even though he assumingly had it all, he hated his life. And uh, not only did he hate his life, but he still didn't find meaning. And, and so essentially what we learned last week is that apart from God in our life, We cannot enjoy anything really in life. It's just a momentary fleeting uh, happiness that we might have, but no significant meaning, no significant joy in our life without God. And so today we're gonna continue. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter three today. Um, This is uh, obviously winter and uh, basketball season and I'll was picking up my, my son a couple of weeks ago when we, it was really going through that cold spell. You know, it was, it was like 30, 35 degrees. It was just absolutely freezing. And so I was, I was picking him up and he's walking out of the gym and, and uh, he's got a t-shirt on and uh, shorts. And he's walking out in the freezing cold and, and, and it just kind of hits me like, God, am I doing anything right in my life as a parent? You know, here here it is freezing, he's walking out, you know, shorts and a t-shirt, and right behind him, one of his good friends, a big old football player, he walks out in flip-flops, shorts, and no shirt on at all. And I'm, 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 it's just in those moments, you know, if you have teenage boys in your house where you're just like, God, well, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm praying for a miracle, Right. Um, just do something good here. And we're just kind of holding on by a thread, I think sometimes as parents. But, you know, what most of us do is that we look at our weather app or we watch the news and we figure out what the weather is. And then our wardrobe kind of coordinates with what the weather is that day. So it's winter. And so we look at, you know, what's it going to be today? Do I need the big puffy warm jacket or it's going to be cold but not freezing so I can work out of the lighter jacket and essentially we do that because we know that our wardrobe changes with the seasons that we're living in in East Tennessee we have beautiful seasons and uh, in a few more months spring is coming well, our wardrobe will change again and it's going to be warmer outside but but all of us I, I think understand this and In the same way, we've got to make adjustments in our life based on whatever season of life we find ourselves in. Our wardrobe changes in the winter. It's going to change in the spring and summer. And in the same way, our life is going to go through different seasons. Our life is going to go through different times. And God has wired us to go through different seasons in life. This is just part of the natural rhythm of life. And and some of you are, are here today, you're, you're in a specific season, and the great thing about being in a community of believers like Foothills Church is that 
Uh, maybe you've found some, some people who are also going through that kind of season in life. Maybe you've got young kids and so you're dealing with kind of similar issues and problems and, and that's a great thing. And, and uh, God uses those relationships in those various seasons. And, and then there are some of us who are going through seasons and we feel like we are all alone in that season. But based on your season today, you and I have to respond appropriately. We need to respond appropriately uh, with whatever we're going through uh, today. And, and no matter what that season is, you don't want to work against the season that God has you in. Some of you are very frustrated with life today, and it might be because you're fighting against a God who puts you in a season and you're not recognizing his work. You're not recognizing what he is trying to do. I think it's incredibly important for us to think through and understand the season that we're in today. Because once we begin to identify it, then you're able to uh, begin to respond appropriately to that season. And so that's really what I want to help you with today from Ecclesiastes chapter three. We're going uh, we're, we're to ask the question and deal with what do we do? How do we respond to the season that we're in today? And in Ecclesiastes three, we're going to see how God puts us and takes us through these different seasons and he's gonna show us what to do with that time and, and how to actually respond to it. So let's start in verse one of chapter three. God says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So he starts off by being very clear that there is a time and a season for everything. Not just for seasons, but for every season. It happens uh, for a reason. It has its time, it has its place, it has its purpose. And what he means by that is whatever you're going through today is actually a season of your life. So a good definition of a season of life means that it has a fixed time and a predetermined purpose. So every single one of us are in a season of life. Right? And in whatever season you're going through, it's a fixed time. And a fixed time essentially means that it's not going to last forever. So if you're in a season of blessing and abundance and happiness, then, then you can know that it's not going to last forever. And if you're going through a season of sorrow or a season of, 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 of loneliness, you can also know that that's not going to last forever. God has a very uh, a fixed time for that season in your life. And he also has a predetermined purpose for that season. That essentially means that God is allowing you to go through this. God is taking you through this intentionally because he has a purpose for that season in your life. And now some of you may not like that purpose. Some of you might push back on that purpose. But what we have to understand and recognize that no matter what you and I are going through, God is sovereign over time and whatever happens in time. So that, so that nothing happens outside of the will of God in your life, and nothing happens outside of the will of God for our country and for this world. So whether it be COVID-19 and new presidency and politics and all of these things that, that we are experiencing in our country, God is still in control. And what's amazing about the Lord is that he always does the right thing and he always does the right thing at just the right time. He is never early. 
God never works. He never shows up. He never does something early. Uh, he doesn't, you know, hit snooze on the alarm clock like we do and, and, and he's late to work. He doesn't get stuck in traffic jams. Uh, God is never late. He, he's never early. God is always right on time. And so we can take this to the bank today that God does everything at just the right time. You may not like his timing. That's kind of part of whatever season that you might be going through. Uh, In fact, you don't always appreciate his timing. You think he should be doing more. You think he should be showing up sooner. In fact, some of you are actually questioning God today. You're wrestling with God and wondering, why hasn't he showed up? Why hasn't he done something yet in your life? And maybe you're here today because God wants you to wrestle with this concept that God is on time every, every single day in every single way. He is sovereign. He is in control of every single season that you and I go through. All right, let's keep going. This, this is really like the, the this second portion is, is the most famous poem, really, I think in the world, definitely the Bible, but you'll be familiar with this. In verse two, he says, there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Time to weep and a time to laugh, time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Um, quick trivia question. Who, who was the popular band that made this poem famous? Anybody know? The Birds. Who said that? You guys, a little old, but <laughs> you're right on point. That was quick. I had to look it up this week. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a time and season for everything, right? And one thing we all know about life is that things change. Sometimes they change for the better. Sometimes they change for the worse. And Solomon is teaching us that these changes are, are a natural part of life. God wants you to know that change is a natural, uh, God-ordained part of life. In the fall, the green leaves turn to that bright red and yellow, and it is beautiful and Then they eventually, we don't get to enjoy the bright reds and yellows for long, right? They turn brown and die, fall to the ground. Then we got to rake them up and that's a lot of work. In the winter, the trees are bare, but coming in the spring, those those trees will replenish, replenish their branches with fresh green leaves. This is what God intended. So in your life, sometimes there will be days that you cannot stop laughing. And then there'll be days that you cannot stop crying. There will be days when you get a new car and you're excited. Then there'll be days when that car breaks down and you have to trade it in. There are days when you meet a new friend and there are days when those friends move away. There are days when you're in love and then there are days when you hate. There is a time and there is a season 
for everything. I wanted to break these down and try to categorize them a little bit. So, so think of it like this. Some of you might be in a season of what I would call a harvest. And so some of the time that he mentions here in the passage that relate to the season of harvest, it, it might be a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. It might be time to fear or a time, uh, uh, sorry, a time to tear and uh, a time to sow. Might be a time to cast away stones and to gather uh, stones uh, together. Essentially what he is saying there is sometimes, you know, to clear the field, you gotta take the stones out to get ready to plant. And so in this harvest, it might be time for you to, you know, kind of clear the ground and till up the soil. That's a lot of hard ground level work. And maybe it's time to plant into that soil for you. Maybe, maybe you've already planted, now you're, you, you know, you've watered and now you're in a season of waiting for that harvest to come through. You're just wondering, God, what's next for me? Maybe you're in a season where God has given you the fruit of, of all of that labor. And so you're, it's, a, it's a time for you to, to celebrate and a time uh, to pluck up what has been planted. If you're in a season of the harvest, the important thing to do is to embrace it with God's purpose, knowing that God has put you there for a reason. You might be in a, in a season of, of necessary endings or new beginnings, and so he says there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. I think COVID-19 is a time to refrain from that embrace, right? Uh, it's a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. And so there are seasons in our life where there are new beginnings or, or necessary endings that take place. I think of high school and college students who had these friends for four years. Now there's a different season in your life. And so you're, you know, kind of a natural part of life is that those friends just don't stick with you, not all of them anyway. And that can be a sad thing, but that is also a necessary ending where God will bring new relationships in your life. No matter what season you might find yourself in, if it's new relationships uh, coming or ending in your life, embrace it with purpose. You might be in a season of conflict and of healing or healing. And so he says, there's a time to kill, a time to heal, time to break down, a time to build up, time to keep silent, time to speak, time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You see, God can use healthy conflict in our life to actually bring healing into relationships. And so if you're in a season of conflict or healing, we, we must embrace it as God's purpose to learn and to grow and to look to him. You might be in a season of, of life or you might be in a season of, of loss. So there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to weep and a time to laugh. You might be in a season of life. Maybe a baby is born. It's time to rejoice. Uh, my brother-in-law and, and, and my sister-in-law are pregnant, about to have a baby in March. And we, we threw a baby shower for them at our house yesterday. And so uh, all, the, all his friends and her friends and family members came. You know, we celebrate uh, the gift of life. And it was just kind of reminding me of how seasons change. Because back in my day, men didn't go to baby showers. <laughs> We got to stay home and watch football, but, but now we have to go to baby showers. And so, I mean, we get to go and spend time with family and friends. <laughs> um, 
My nephew is in a season of life right now. If you know Pastor Trey, he's one of our student pastors here. Uh, He and his wife, Rebecca, just had their first child last week. And so uh, season of life, it's a time to to be joyous and and, and a time to laugh. And uh, man, I was so, you know, just kind of in my life, just hoping that I would be a good uncle. And now thanks to Trey, I am a great uncle. Literally, I'm a great uncle finally. And so I can thank him for that. But You might be in a season of life. It's a time of joy in life, right? Or you might be in a season of loss. Uh, My heart was heavy over the last couple of weeks for Tony McConnell and his family. If you knew him, uh, Tony has passed away and and, uh, Tony was a prayer warrior. God used him in a great way in our church. And uh, he was always at this back door welcoming you if you came through that back door. And he's been um, dealing with, cancer for the last year and, and uh, you know, he would, he would go to the care and prayer room while we would be in this service and he'd be praying for me. He'd be praying for those who were listening and uh, all the various needs and emails of prayer requests that would come in. Tony was one of the people uh, that would consistently pray for those issues and uh, a man of God and, and uh, my heart is heavy uh, for his family and for his small group and all those who will miss him. It, it's, a, it's a time to mourn and uh, we wanna keep Michelle and their family in our prayers. You see, no matter what season we're in, we understand and remember that we must embrace it with purpose. You know, you read this and it is a beautiful poem, right? It is, it is beautiful, but I'll be honest with you. I read it and I'm kind of a practical, like what am I supposed to do with this? And you read it and you're like, well, so what? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, <laughs> like what time is it for me? We're always asking, what time is it? And we're always looking at our phone, what time is it? And, and we're always wondering what time it is, but sometimes we don't actually take the time to understand what time it is or what season it is in our own life. And, and what I love about this text is that's exactly what Solomon says next. He's like, what's the point? Hey, great, Lo- love, the, love the words, God, thanks for the poem, but what gain has the worker from all this toil? This is beautiful. People are going to make music about this and hundreds of songs are going to be written that, that have this concept. But, but so what? What is all of this for? And then in the following verses, God shows us what it's all for. So that's a good thing for us today. He's going to show us what he does with time. He's going to encourage us what we should do with time as well. So let's keep uh, uh, reading as he answers this question. Solomon says, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure and all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. Verses two through eight are focused really on kind of our perspective of life. 
And then in verses nine through 15, the focus begins to change away from, from us and how we view time to how God himself views time. And that's important. No matter what season you find yourself in today, it's important for you to look through the view from heaven, to look through the lens of how God sees what you're going through. And verse 11, God makes everything beautiful in his timing. Now that is a powerful truth for us that God makes everything beautiful in his timing. You might feel like your life is a mess. You might feel like you're a failure. You might have hurt someone close to you. And so there's, there's strain to that relationship, but God makes everything beautiful in his timing. And so if you are faithful to apologize, if you are faithful to offer forgiveness, then God can make ugly relationships beautiful again. That is an amazing promise. In verse 11b, he says that God put eternity in man's heart. Yes, so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. In other words, eternity was etched on my heart. It was etched on every person's heart. In other words, we care about what happens after death. We care about eternity. We talk about eternity. We are curious about eternity. And at the same time, he is teaching us here that we will never understand exactly what God is doing. We're never gonna understand it fully. We wanna know God's plan for eternity. We wanna know what God is doing in our life. We wanna understand it and make sense of it all. But he's telling us that there, is, there are many things in life that you will never fully understand. You'll never understand why a loved one uh, is taken from you in what we feel is too early. You'll never understand why a person who strives to live a healthy lifestyle passes away from cancer, while another person cares nothing about health and lives to 100. Some things you cannot find out. Some things we will not fully understand. This is part of how God created it. And this is essentially, I think, part of the fall uh, of humanity because sin is in the world. But we can also trust God's timing because he clearly teaches us in Galatians 4.4. 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. When was the right time? Well, when, when the fullness of time had come at just the right time, when God knew it was time, what did he do? He sent Jesus to redeem you. You and I were born under the law. We could not live up to the standards of the law. You and I were born with sin. We have a sin nature. And because of that sin nature, our relationship with God has been broken. And now with the broken relationship with God, when we die, we will be separated from God in his eternity forever. But at just the right time, when the fullness of time was right, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin, for my sin, providing a way for you to have forgiveness, providing a way for you to have a relationship with your creator. It is through the, the death, burial, and resurrection that we have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven and our relationship with our heavenly father restored, giving us adoption as sons. Now, I was, I, I was an orphan, but now through Jesus, I am an adopted son of God. 
and you are an adopted son of God or daughter of God. You know, many times I think in our culture, we see this. Uh, We are a culture that worships control. Have you noticed that in your own life? We really worship control. We want control over the weather. Uh, God, I'm taking my family on a hike or a picnic. We really need a good day. While, you know, the farmer is praying that God would bring rain so that he can feed his family, right? We, we, we are constantly worshiping control. We want control over our entertainment. We don't want to watch it when you tell us to watch it. When do we want to watch it? On demand, whenever I want to watch it. Right? We want church on demand. We want friendship on demand. When I need a friend, I need you to be there. You're not there. I don't like you. We want it. When we want it, we worship control. And the end of the day, we all have to realize that you and I are just simply not in control of most of the things that are happening in life. And the sooner we learn that, the sooner we learn that God is in control, the happier and the healthier each of us will be. We can rest in the knowledge that God is in control And he's going to work in his time. He's going to work every time at just the right time when you and I need it. And things that are outside of your control, they don't have to frustrate you. You realize that, right? You don't have to be frustrated when things aren't working in your control. You have the ability to sit back and to say, I am going to trust God. It's not happening the way that I want it to happen, but I'm not going to let it frustrate me because I fully trust in the God that fully knows me, who has a plan and a purpose for all things. He is sovereign over time. He's in control of all things. He always works on time, every time, and I cling to what I do know, and I don't let what I don't know frustrate me and help me or make me lose my faith in God. That's why I love 1 Corinthians 13, 12. This is one of those verses that teach us so much. He says, for now, this is the apostle Paul. He says, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. You see, I am fully known by God, but I do not fully know his plan. I am fully known by God. I do not know his plans fully. And the reason is right now in this season of time and space, right? We are living uh, before the return of Christ. And so it's a reflection as in a mirror. In other words, it's, it's a dim reflection. We, we don't see the full picture yet. We see a part of the picture. We know a, a part of the plan. We know the plan of salvation through faith in Jesus, right? We know what he has shared in his word, but it's not a complete picture, right? We, we have faith that what's gonna happen after we die is true because of what the word of God says. Nobody has gone and then come back to say this is what it's like other than Jesus. And so there's an element of faith there, obviously. He says, I know this in part, but there will be a day when I shall know it fully. And when we fully understand and fully know will not be in this lifetime. It will be when we stand before our Savior face to face in eternity. That is a powerful truth, one that sometimes we we don't accept and understand fully. 
But this is where God wants to take us in this season of whatever life uh, you're in today. So what are we to do with the season that we're in? In verses 11 through 12, God is clear. He's, he wants us to do good, take pleasure, uh, be joyful, and, and, and enjoy our work, our toil, essentially. Right? It's very simple. He says, serve God. And whatever time you have, with the energy that you have, with the joy and the passion that he has given to you. Look, look at verse uh, 12 again with me. And, and, and let's read this with um, personal pronoun uh, eyes and, and, and me and it, instead of what he uses as they's, right? Make it personal. And so we would say there is nothing better, better than to be joyful and to do good as long as I live and to eat and drink and take pleasure in all my work. This is God's gift to me. You know, if you were to say that and to believe that, think of the good that would come out of your life. Think of the attitude that would come out uh, in, a, in a positive way. Think of the good that we as a church could accomplish together. He talks about being joyful in this work. That, that doesn't mean that your life is gonna be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're gonna be happy about everything that you face. It, it does mean that in Christ, you and I can always find joy in the grace of God and in the work that he has given to us. We know that we don't know it fully, but one day we will see him face to face. And no matter what we face today, whatever difficulties it might be, you can always find a way to bring glory to God. And by doing that, you will always find joy in him. Apart from him, you will not. So what are we learning? Here's what we're learning. First of all, he taught us that God makes everything beautiful in his time. God is gonna make everything beautiful in your life in his time. You're, you're called to do what you can control. You can control your attitude. You can ask, uh, you can admit where you're wrong, seek forgiveness. You can forgive other people, right? You can seek to make disciples and be on mission with God. You can serve God. Those are the things that you and I can control. So we do what we know that we're called to do. And then in his time, he's gonna make everything beautiful. Secondly, you won't fully understand everything God does in your season. That can, you, you, you can let that frustrate you to no end or you can accept that and say, okay, I, I understand that I, there are some things that God just is not going to reveal to me. That's for my good. Right? That's for his glory. If I knew everything, if you knew everything, then what, what, uh, what amount of faith would it take? It wouldn't take any faith. And, and so obviously that's why he doesn't reveal everything to us. He's given us everything that we need to know for today. We've learned that whatever season you're in, do good. Whatever season you're in, whether if you are in a painful uh, situation, you're experiencing sorrow in your life or you're experiencing depression. He says to do good, serve others. Find a place in our church and serve other people. I cannot tell you. You, you wanna save some money on therapy in your life? You wanna save some money on prescription drugs? Serve other people, do good. This is, this is how God created us. When we're fulfilling the purpose that we have by using the gifts that we have in the church that he has called us to be a part of, there is psychological, spiritual benefits that money can't buy and that people can't explain. 
And so he says very simply, do good, whatever season you're in. If things are going great, no trouble in your life, man, blessing and fun and you're enjoying and everybody is healthy, don't just get extremely focused on, on serving yourself and, 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 and just using everything you have for your own glory. No, sometimes we get, we get outside of the will of God and we, we lose sight of God's church and his purpose because everything's going great. We don't need God because I'm, I've got everything I need. So whether you have everything you need and things are going great or things are in a very difficult season for you, he tells us to do good. And then he closes, he says, whatever season you're in, learn to enjoy your work. Enjoy it, take pleasure in it, have fun in it. If you're not having fun in it, then begin to see where you will have fun in it. Where is God leading you? What can you do that will bring joy into your life? Because this life is too short. So enjoy it, take pleasure in it. And then in verses, in the following verses, verses 14 and 15, he says, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, and that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. So essentially, taking notes, the fifth thing I would say is whatever season you're in, he's telling us to fear God. He's telling us to fear God. In verse 15, uh, it's a difficult verse to interpret, but um, the best I can understand is that he is saying God controls time and he's gonna end up balancing the scales of justice in life. For those who have experienced injustice, he will redeem the time. For those who have inflicted injustice, he will render judgment in due time. But verse 14 really is the powerful verse that we wanna end on today because it is a powerful verse. Some, some believe that this is the verse that really tells the whole purpose of the book. But essentially he's teaching us that the purpose of time is for us to fear God. The purpose of the season that you're in today is so that you would fear God. Everything has its time and season in life. And what God does, he says, will endure forever. And everything you experience is ultimately to get your focus on uh, the Lord. So that he would say, fear God. And every season of life you experience, it must point your face to heaven. It must lead us to our knees in gratitude to God, in worship of God. And we lean into him in the good times and in the bad times. Proverbs 1, 7, you, you know this to be true. You've heard this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He's telling us here to fear the Lord. But we often struggle with what it means to actually fear the Lord. What does it mean? Does it mean to be afraid of him? I'm, I'm afraid of the Lord. Of course not. It means that there is a level of honor. There's a level of awe. There's a level of respect and worship that would lead you. You, you, you are in awe of this God in such a way that it would lead you to obedience, that you would obey him. If you don't obey your parents, and uh, if, if, if you see this happening, you see a child not obeying their parents, it would lead you to believe that that child doesn't respect his or her parents, right? So when we think about this, to fear the Lord means that you respect him in such a way that you would obey him and honor him with your life. 
I love what author and pastor Douglas O'Donnell says. He gives the definition of to fear the Lord essentially means trembling trust. Trembling trust. So he says that we should uh, not forget what the word fear actually means. And so no, we don't fear God in the sense that we're afraid of him like you might be afraid of snakes or spiders, right? Not in the same sense. It's not just trusting in God though. It is a trembling trust before him. And so in the Bible, we see people encounter God. We see Isaiah uh, have a vision of the Lord. And in that he says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, right? When Peter sees Jesus do a miracle and they catch so much fish after he'd been fishing for so long, Peter's response is that he falls to Jesus's knees. He falls on his knees and says, depart from me for I am a sinful man. In Philippians 2.12, the apostle Paul says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. explain it to you like this. I I remember when I was in middle school, I was on a a hike with my mom and dad. And so we're hiking up this trail. And as we are hiking, um, we hear something uh, kind of in the trees off to the side of the trail. And we slow down and I look at my dad's face and there is a face of uh, worry, which worried me. (laughs) And uh, so as we kind of stood there and quietly walked, Um, all of a sudden this giant bear jumped out uh, onto the trail with us. And so 20 feet away, here we are uh, staring down this this huge animal. And I just remember freezing as a middle school kid, like freezing. I I might've peed just a little bit, but I was frozen. And I was in awe of the awesome size and power and strength that that bear had over me. When my girls see a spider, they scream and they run for me to come kill that spider. Not because they are afraid in the sense of they are in awe of the power of this spider. No, it is a disgusting looking creature and all spiders must die, amen? hate spiders. So it's a little different. You know, when you're looking at a, at, at a bug, you're afraid in the sense, not that you're in awe of it, you just are disgusted by it. But when I am in toe to toe with a bear on a trail, you're not disgusted by this animal. You're not repulsed by this animal. You tremble in the awe of the power that this animal has upon you and you are humbled. Please don't eat me, is what you begin to think. You know, whatever season that you're in shouldn't lead you to a fear of disgust or repulsiveness of a God. How dare he do that to you? It should lead you to your knees in grateful praise of a sovereign God that loves you, who sent Jesus Christ to die for you and by faith in him has a place for you in heaven. You trust 
that this season has a purpose. Of course he's in control. Of course he's trying to teach you something through COVID. Are you learning that lesson? Of course he's trying to teach us something with the political issues in our country. Are you learning anything? God is sovereign over every time, over every season. And he wants us to find pleasure in the work that we do for him and the work that he has called us to from nine to five because we don't do it for a boss. We don't do it just for money. We do it as if we are serving him. And this sovereign God who loves us makes all things beautiful. And so we recognize this power. We submit to him with a trembling trust before him. When we truly experience that this God is in control and he is all powerful and all mighty, we rightly fear the Lord and tremble before him. And in his time, in every way, he's always on time. We trust in that timing, knowing that he'll come through because he is God. And whatever that he does, lasts forever. And so today the encouragement is that we would trust him. That you would love him, that you would worship him, that you would receive him as a God of love, as a teaching God that wants to work and wants you to understand some things in life that today you just haven't gotten. Won't it be glorious when you learn that lesson? And maybe this season is over. Let's pray together. God, we do tremble before you. Not in the way that we would scream at a snake or a bug. No, God, we tremble before you because we recognize your power. We recognize your strength. We recognize that you are in control. And because of that power, we have a reverent awe before holy God. And even when things feel meaningless, when things aren't satisfying, We trust in you. We know, God, that you love us because of Jesus. We know that we only see a glimpse of what you're doing. We only see a glimpse of what is to come. And so help us to lean into you today. For those that may not know you, God, we pray that they would find you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Foothills Church. If you made a decision to follow Christ while listening today, or if you have some more questions about what that looks like, then let us know. You can text FC Decision to 97000, or you can head over to foothillschurch.com slash decision. We hope you have a great week.